Natalie. I do remember Natalie Holloway, mm -hmm. and I think that's such a tragic event. Oh, um, man. You know, and we could get into a whole nother space of, you know, behavioral threat assessment and patterns of behavior. Yeah. Joran um, van der Sloot was mm -hmm. her murderer. Yep. And uh, they've never retrie retrieved her body. No, they never found her, no. Um, it's, a, it's a heck of a story. So yeah. you covered that one as I did. well. I did. Katrina and Natalie Holloway. Mm -hmm. I did. Anything, any takeaways from, from Natalie Holloway that you think are important? From a, from a communication standpoint. You know, I think her family did the best they could at the time. I right. mean, they were on. They were talking to us uh, constantly. They were putting attention on the case. I don't know if what they could have done differently. Right. I mean, they just, their daughter, unfortunately, you know, I'm not in the space of diagnosing people, so I'm not going to call them an name. Just, unfortunately, she met Joran when, when she did, and mm -hmm. um, he's never confessed. Right. Right. And so there's no answer. So communication-wise, I don't think they could have done any, anything yeah. differently. I think it's just an unfortunate event. Um, young girl, probably impressionable <sighs> in a foreign country and, and just got wrapped up you know, that particular evening mm -hmm. with the wrong individual. Unfortunately, um, you know, it led to the death of another uh, female, oh, uh, young lady woman, yeah. in Peru. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, And uh, I believe he's still incarcerated, but I don't think it was a very long sentence, maybe 10 years. Or I think like he's that. been re-extradited recently. Has he? Yeah, to here? the I United think, States? I think so. Oh, fantastic. I'll have to do a little bit of research I think, on that. I need to yes, double check Yes, because didn't he, he was charged with extortion, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Wow. So, All right. You got a little we, bit of history there. Yeah, you got some street cred. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Different experiences. So in 06, I get to Denver. Okay. Um, and in Denver, I do, um, I work for a dominant NBC affiliate. Mm. It's a station with a lot of history, a lot of respect in the community, and there's really big mm. shoes to fill because there's a lot of responsibility and expectations. Right. It's also the community of Columbine. Um, but at the time that I get there, I mean, I know that Columbine happened there, but you know, in 2006, sure. it's been a few years removed. And so eventually, um, I get assigned uh, a police beat, which means that I, my sole job is to cover crime and courts. That's what I do. I go to crime scenes. I cover things that people do to each other and I go to court and I follow and follow through. Um, and then in, um, you know, then Aurora happened was in the Aurora mm -hmm. theater shooting. And I, in my neighborhood, we were supposed to go to the movies that night. Really? To that movie theater. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. What a coincidence. Yep. And I, and my husband was mad at me because it was, you know, Friday was my day off. And I'm like, you know, I'm so tired. I have an appointment the next day. I just don't want to go to the movies on Thursday night. Wow. So you were supposed to go to that movie? Mm -hmm. To that the movie theater. To that movie theater. That's my neighborhood movie theater. I live down the street from that. Wow, that's um, that's pretty impactful to think about that, right? That yeah, um, it's... you know you could have been there. Mm -hmm. um, dang. All right. Well, so you've switched over. You're over working for a NBC affiliate mm -hmm. in Denver. Mm -hmm. You're covering all these crime stories to include what we're starting to see now at, in 2006 is this pattern and this increase of you know, mass shootings in public yeah. places, whether they be at a, new, a movie theater or at a school. Um, how long were you at, at that particular, or how Station. long were you within that market in 12 Denver? Years. 12 years there. Yeah. And so you covered um, Aurora, mm -hmm. and then you had STEM. 
Uh, STEM um, happened right after I left. Right after you so left. So my stepdaughter was at STEM when it happened. Really? She called 911. Separate story. Yeah. I'm feeling like you're bad luck at this you, point. Really? That's not yeah. nice. I'm just going to take a little bit of a step away from you. <laughs> but no, I'm away. just kidding. Um, um, it, so tell us about some of the other yeah. stories that you covered that are of significance. I mean, for those of you who don't know, I met Anastasia last week at the Safe and Sound Schools. Um, conference with uh, with Michelle Gay and her team and uh, really liked the things that she had to say and her direct approach me being mm. direct we just kind of hit it yeah. off and so um, you know that was one of the things that that I wanted to talk to you about was you know being in Denver Denver and Texas kind of leading the nation in mass shootings in public places and in particular schools um, Tell me a little bit about some of the common um, issues that you see after these events, not only with law enforcement communications, but with uh, schools trying to uh, effectively communicate to their parents mm -hmm. and to their communities. Um, what are some of the what are some of the common things that you've seen in these these events throughout your career that that you feel needs some change and that you and, and Big Story can can help with these people. Thank you.